You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. Welcome to the motherfucking podcast, episode number 33. 33. Is that correct? And it's a, it's a, almost a golden episode because I'm turning 33 tomorrow. You know what? Actually, I think it's 34. What? Because 33 was the Jesus episode, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I made all those jokes about Jesus well, being 33 years old. that's why I got to these things, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I lost track of what you I was supposed to be track. doing. You're all full of hot dogs. Hey, but seriously, does it smell, do I smell like hot dogs, like real bad here? Now that I'm sitting right next to you, it does kind of smell like hot dogs. But it does smell <laughs> I was going like to say, dogs. from over here, I don't, yeah, I don't he smell, smell anything. Sure. Tony gave me three Tic Tacs. To take care of the hot well, I got dog smell. A lot more if you eat them. That I was dealing with. Oh, I thought it was more of like a topical thing. No. Was, so okay. basically, what happened? See, what had happened was, um, <laughs> so we were recording a voiceover for a new episode of the Nug Nation today, and uh, part of it, it were and the, the, well, the story about the whole thing is really it's about meat. Like the whole thing is about meat. So Mike and Dylan got uh, the guys, the creators of the show. Dylan went to 7-Eleven and just got, like, six fucking hot dogs off the roller. Oh, it's fresh and, off the roller. Yeah, and we, we used that for a couple different sound effects. You know, we we were ba- basically, Tony walked in as I was slapping Zach Venn on the face with a fucking hot dog. Just nice. leaving little grease prints. And Laura, Laura has never been here before, and I brought her parents over here as well. Yeah. And they walked in right. <laughs> Bob and Kitty Zelensky walk in to, to meet, slapping a dude on the, and then we were like, we're like, oh, it's not really getting the right sound, slapping on the face. So he like cups his hand right in front of the microphone, and he's slapping it with a hot dog, and then going, and right at that moment is when Tony walks in with his fucking in-laws, you know. Uh, Hello and welcome to the motherfucking podcast. Dude, I episode number 34. They watched me officiate your wedding and slap a guy with a hot dog while he made groaning noises. Dude, that's quite the It doesn't make the marriage any less. I think that they're probably going home going, this this taints the ceremony. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little Just bit. Just a little bit. Like, we still like Aaron. You know, He's, he he means well. He means well. He's a good boy. <laughs> he just got into that hot dog thing as a phase. So are we episode thirty three or thirty four? We're on episode thirty four. Uh, please welcome. This is. Uh, I mean, we've had a couple guests. We've had Logan. We've had your I, brother. I guess we have, but yeah. But this is the first. I would say this is the first person outside of our little nuclear family, our first guest to come on the show. Please welcome the one and only Mr. Gordon Leadfoot himself <laughs> from Gordophonic <laughs> Records, and uh, and uh, Granny Tweed, and God, what else? Uh, well, and and you go under the 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 solo artist name. Yeah, the Gordon Leadfoot thing for the solo stuff. That's that's pretty much it right now. Yeah, you know those we, are the only monikers. Those are, man, the research works. You can I'm just call you. me Gordo. Mm. That's fine. Like one word. Yeah, one word only. Yeah, yeah. Although, no man. My sisters went to a place called Gordo's in Austin 
this morning, apparently. What? This they morning? they were sending me pictures about, you know, it, was, it was like, it's like donuts that are filled with, you know, chicken breasts, fried chicken breasts and <laughs> shit like that. Like, I was like, wow, you know, thanks that, for sending me that. That's you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sister's well, now pregnant, you. though. What are you going to do? <laughs> that's, that's what you do, I guess. So how okay. you been, man? I've been, I've been well, for the most part, yeah. La- yeah. You and last time you and I spoke, we had we had a very lengthy and a very uh, a, v- a very good conversation. Help help me remember what were we talking about last time? What were we talking about? We, well, we were talking about like at first you were calling me up because you had some questions about like oh, touring that's in right. Europe. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. every conversation that starts with getting basic information, it ends up turning into a bunch of just like. Like, yeah, what are you going to do? Commiserating. You know what I mean? Every you know time. what happened Every to me time. the other day? Yeah. Oh, no, dude. that was, it was all about, yeah, because I was asking you about uh, touring Europe and what all that entailed because I was considering doing it. I've just been collecting information about that. And Have you, have you um, done anything else since you and I talked about it? Very little because I've done <laughs> a lot of other <laughs> stuff. <so>. <laughs> Very little. <laughs> That talk was weeks ago, motherfucker. That was my day to like actually reach out to people such as yourself and and just ask the questions, like you know, just find out what I can from the people that I know, right? Before I go and I start asking people that I don't yeah. know, right, <laughs> about stuff I don't know and, about. And that's so. the thing, and and I think it's important to, uh, when when embarking on any new project, I feel like it's important to really take account of what resources you have in your like immediate circle first and foremost absolutely and build out from there you know i I think i and i think that we were this way for a lot of years where we kind of had this idea in our head that there was someone else who was going to be able to push the buttons for yes his name is mr big mr big (laughs) he's going to be in the back yeah he's in the back of the venue with his arms folded just three piece suit three piece suit ponytail bald on top and then we even have the speech for when we see him backstage he's got a cigar in his mouth and he's cast in shadow, by the way. <laughs> and, and we're like, that we're like, we're like, man, that was, you know, you sounded pretty good, man, baby. We fucked that up, but I don't know. The crowd was okay. And then from the corner of the room, we hear like, brilliant, gentlemen, brilliant. <laughs> and then who Come are over you? here and talk to me? And he's like, Mister Big, Big Records. And he comes in and he sticks his hand out and he shakes our hand. He's like. Would you like to come back to my house and play pinball with Slash and oh boy, have sex with my three beautiful daughters? <laughs> this is just like the rocker. Yeah. yeah. And then we go there. Yeah. So we, th- I mean, we really, we had that kind of Santa Claus esque belief system. That's of what it is. What it means a... to make it in the business. Yeah. Yes. When you're in a band and you're and you're young and you're just like, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to put my energy into doing what I do. Yeah. And nothing else. And, yeah. nothing else. <laughs> and someone's going to swoop in and be like, that's fucking brilliant. I dig it. I know what you're all about. Here's a million and a half yeah. dollars. Oh, yeah. Go and make an album and tour the world. I don't know yeah. what it is, kid. <laughs> but you've got it. Uh, I've been in this business a long, long time. I've seen a lot of them come and go, and I'll watch you come and go, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but mostly we just got a lot of, what do you think you're doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not doing it right. Yeah, so, yeah it's, it's basically just see how often and for how long you can stand fucking up <laughs> repeatedly Pretty that's much. the thing dude i and that's the thing is i was full of questions 
But I think probably I think I think probably my greatest shortcoming when I was uh, when I was younger was that I was shy about being persistent with people. Yes. You know what I mean? I didn't know yes. how to ask the right questions. I would ask questions, but I didn't have a whole lot of follow through and I had that whole like, well, I don't want to bug anybody and gee shucks uh, yeah. golly, you know. I had to learn that lesson as well, just like the whole like, well, you know, I don't know how to be a sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. What am I doing? I mean, they just hear from so many people every day. Like, what would I say? How do but, I say? Yeah. I don't even want to talk about money. Oh, geez. Do you think <laughs> we could get a handful of nickels, mister? Aaron, you need some Tic Tacs, bro. I, dude, I'm sorry. Just fi- Is it really that bad? The it's hot dogs? Just, maybe really- it's just your beard that smells like hot dogs. Oh, dude. Well, that's because I, like, took an entire one of those jumbo hot dogs. Stuck it in my mouth, like, ate the entire thing, and I chewed it up just to get a sound of, like, someone devouring shit. Mikey is in the fucking editing suite, seriously dry heaving and gagging watching me do it. He's like, just watching the grease run down your beard just made me. That's. that's, So it is is somewhat topical. That's what made me get out, watching you and then hearing him horror. (laughs) I I can't be around this. I fucking chat, man. You've got a hot dog solution that's just. Just kind of oh, dude, melding, it's gross. melding in. It looks like I'm wearing beard oil, but it's just fucking hot dog. <laughs> juice. It's so fucking gross. Um, That's hilarious. So, so, uh, so what have you been working? Oh, oh, actually, on the same on the same topic, uh, Tony mentioned that you guys were talking about um, Muscle Beach and fucking Fathers Sailor Records put together a tour for them. Yes. And they are the first, like, band at our level that I've seen opt for the Nightliner. And, <laughs> and dude, I'm— You need I'm, to get Josh Finley and talk about the Nightliner. You need to get him on here and talk about buses that run on oh, did, oil did Josh, Josh Finley needs to do that shit. He's got some stories about that, yeah. Yeah. Nightliners are great. Sitting here drawing while he's doing the podcast. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ask me what you want. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Just sketching oh, the whole time. Yeah, that's great. Mm. <laughs> well, I think we have an in with him. He might come on. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. You no, know, that's you, stupid. You, you never know. You never know. <laughs> Between the three of us. <laughs> so you got to tell me. You got to tell me um, while we're on the subject. Yeah. Josh, fin- Josh, I just have a note here that just says, Josh Finley, worst bandmate ever. <laughs> Is that uh, you've period, been blank, you've period, been, question mark, or exclamation well, it's, point? It's, <laughs> <laughs> period, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. It's all three. No, actually, I, I was more curious of what it's like to be in it because he is he is a different breed of human. You know what I mean? Like he's definitely I don't know what one of you're them, talking about. He's <laughs> he's he's easily one of the the kindest, most prolific, like most brilliant artists I've ever met in my entire life. Like one of my dearest friends by far. But I gotta know. I do know he's a little. Aspergery is a strong word. <laughs> uh, on the spectrum. On the spectrum, if you will for sure. I mean, I don't, you know, the thing is about You guys have him, been playing in a band for a long time, right? A long time, yeah. We've been in a band for 10 years, this year, 10 years together. Really? Yes. I didn't know Granny Tweed had uh, been around that And long. you released a cassette in honor of yes. the 10-year anniversary. Yes, we did, because we believe in going small. <laughs> you know, we, we, we want to go small for our endeavors. We, we It's like, what? What's the smallest thing we can do? Like, okay, let's just go with a cassette. Should we make you know? it easy to listen to? Fuck no. No, no, no. It's a retrospective of our, of our entire career. 
It's 20 songs, the most ambitious thing we've ever done. Let's make it really small yeah. and no one is Let, going to be able to listen to it. Let's make it so you have to buy a special piece of equipment to listen to our album. Can I rent a tape player? Someone somewhere? literally asked me if we... Get one from the AV department of like a high school. Someone literally asked me if we were selling tape players with the tape. And I was like, that's a really good fucking idea, man. That's a really good idea. We had an idea that's right. to release an album on VHS. <laughs> But Dude, I wanted it, to do that. Re- I wanted to do that. Release it on band. VHS, yeah. and then sell VCRs. VCRs with the the VHS. See, that's you can go to a that's synergy, man. Yeah, that is I mean, synergy. Just walk, people walking out with this box of an album. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's in the packaging. You just like. It's like when you got a, you see like a video of of de- like my dad getting a CD changer back in the eighties when they first came out and he opens it up it's this huge box and hey, now honey I like, got a CD player and now it's like a pack of Tic Tacs that holds like forty million songs on it you yeah. know what I mean we really wanted to All release it on Laserdisc but nice. but that just wasn't feasible my dad bought <laughs> multiple Laserdiscs before oh, buying oh, a Laserdisc player oh yeah. And then never bought a Laserdisc player. <laughs> never bought the Laserdisc player. No. I remember growing up and having a copy of Jurassic Park on Laserdisc sitting up on a shelf in my basement <laughs> for <Never>. years, <laughs> dude. Just looking at it like, wow, I it might still be that there. looks it, like. It might be up there. It was there most of my childhood. Wow. My dad's like, oh, I... One of these days, I might end up getting the laser disc. You don't know what's going to happen with this DVD thing. I was actually having this conversation not that long ago, and I swear, like, the resolution of a laser disc is better than, like, DVD or, or Blu-ray. It's that cocksucking DVD impresario, that evil black-hearted son of a bitch. Yeah, fuck you, Ted Turner. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who did it, but, like, honestly, I'm telling you. No, I his watched... name is David uh, Victor... Um, Davidson. Davidson. <laughs> Axelrod Jr. <laughs> Davidson. Yeah. But you got what I was going yeah, for. Oh, yeah. But no, that, that like, I watched Alien. I watched Alien on a Laserdisc, my dad's Laserdisc player, and it was amazing. I was just like, that's fucking amazing. I, and, and I think what it was uh, is. That was a remake, is then. I, I think I remember hearing something about, like, the, the way it. It came to go that way is just DVDs were so much cheaper well, sure. than Laserdisc. And they're more compact. They're smaller. They went smaller, right? Yeah. You know how, yeah, you remember how big that case for Jurassic Park oh, was? Oh, dude, it was the size of a fucking LP, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, can I dig through your records? Those are Laserdiscs. Yeah. All right, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> like, cool party. <laughs> All right, see you later. <laughs> this party sucks. <laughs> Guy's got Laserdiscs. <laughs> So, what we, what we were talking about, though, um, like... Oh, Josh Finley. Well, Josh Finley. Well, no, we, we got down a fucking uh, rabbit hole. We did, actually. But Sorry, we, were, we were talking about Every the... Uh, we were talking about Fathers in Muscle Beach going on this fucking tour yes. in the Nightliner. So, um, I'm very... I don't know about you, but I'm very curious to see how it ends up working out logistically. Because what they, what they do over in Europe, what our experience has been, is with the last two tours we've done and the one that we're getting ready to do, and I talked to you about this is basically a band's going on tour, they need a bus to yes. take them on tour, yes. and so they have one or two, sometimes as many as three, fucking younger bands on the label, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll Extort- basically pay... They'll, <laughs> 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 they'll yeah, exhort 
their influence. They'll absorb them. They'll they'll incorporate their contribution into the... just basically, You're like so good, you could sell it to a band too, man. You should just sell our share. Like I think it's share. a, sm- I think it's a smart idea. I think it's worth paying for. I could fit another and person in, so- in the bunk with me. That that space is valuable, right there, man. <laughs> so should we start going too deep on the bunks? Yeah. So I guess my question is: there you go. First of all, do you think? I think it's like a 10, 10 show run. I wonder, do you think that they're going to break even in the long run from doing that? Do you think it's going to help the tour run more efficiently? Like, I do not I do not know. I don't know what the financial situation is going into that. I don't know if this is like a rental. I don't know if this is like a long-term right. lease that's going on here. I don't know what the situation is. So look, without being able to look at the economics of it, I can just say, I hope to God they make some money. <laughs> Like, dude, sir, I mean, you know, because, I mean, the bus is, it's an expense. I mean, like, it's a serious oh, yeah. expense. And so I'm tight. Like, I don't know. I want to see, I, I want to see those guys do well and come out ahead. You I know? Feel, so I, I'm, I'm gunning for, you know, profit. I feel, I feel <laughs> yeah, like, I, I feel like you would have to make at least a thousand bucks a day to do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, maybe. But you think about what you spend on gas, um, the value of having a good place to sleep, the yes. impact of long drives and th- the danger of long drives, the ability to go to um, markets, which might be a, a longer drive away. You know what I right. mean? Without right. Basically, without killing yourself to get there. Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, it makes a lot of sense that way. I mean, in our in our yeah. experience, it's a it's a very efficient way to do a tour, but you have to be doing the numbers every night. Now, at the same yeah. time, Sailor Records is putting it on, so my guess is that they're just kind of viewing it as uh, they're viewing it as an investment. Sure. And it's a remember when we went on the RV tour with Steve O. Uh huh. That was probably the most well-publicized tour we went on because it's kind of like a this just the idea of the traveling show behemoth thing and not a bunch of guys in a, in a van in a trailer. <laughs> like people put that shit on. Yeah. It, you know, it's about projecting a certain. No, that's that's what I was gonna say is that the grandiosity the, to the tour, the optics of that situation of having a bus. The optics, very the good. Optics. Word. Well, it's it's true, man. Like when we saw like Josh. You know, Josh Finley, he was in a band called the Dwayne Brothers. They rolled around in this, you know, school bus forever. And we'd go see Dwayne Brothers, and there'd be the the bus out there. And then they got this huge, this huge bus, you know. And, and it was just like, whoa, these guys are really going somewhere. They're really they're really making the step up, you know. Right. Oh, and yeah. Like, it just it made an impression when you saw that bus up in front of the Bottleneck in Lawrence or, you know, wherever. That's was, the way all the country guys used to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Dale Watson still owns Ray Price's bus. You know what I mean? And I'm just, I'm just wondering. I have a hell of a mechanic on that tour, then. That's the other thing yeah. is is we we had a bus break down. Now, mm-hmm. it, didn't, it didn't fuck anything up too bad because it's in Germany where they're like, oh, if you breach the contract or if something doesn't work, you better fix that shit immediately. Like, they're on top of it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But, um... Yeah, we had a gearbox break on a bus and like spill oh, oil all over the highway, and and it got fixed super quick. Do but you remember the one that leaked? 
The That's one. the same one. Oh, that was the same. That was the same one. That night, it the roof filled up with water from the rainstorm. Well, so Poor in that river. situation, though, are you responsibility? It's your responsibility for doing that, or are your labels, or what? We had the Nightlighter Company. We had the like. Oh, the yeah. rental. Yeah, place. we had like the toughest tour manager, man. Like she was, she was pretty gnarly. She didn't take any shit, man. Wow. It was she was great. Yeah, Lisa Offenzella. She was great. Um, but yeah, when when the when the bus broke down, she was like on top of on it. On top of it. When we didn't, and when we got, didn't, and then got like got us hooked up with. We were supposed to get off and like take a shuttle to the airport, but she got it so that the company, the driver who works for the company too, is like kind of included with that company, and oh. so she got us to dr- get dropped off in the nightlighter right in front of the airport. It, yeah, it was like having a hotel just because drive we up to the front we all right. The it was like, well, all right, yeah, we please, <laughs> all right. We went to go get our rental Hello. car and they were closed, and she was just like, fuck. She's like, all right, I'll take care of it. And she just, like, schmoozed Bert, uh, Bernd, the driver. Mm-hmm. And fucking, we, they do, they almost never do that. They drove us straight to the fucking Dusseldorf airport. That, well, was, that, was, that was That was pretty hot. That was, that was great, man. It's yeah. just like, we're all hanging out and partying, saying goodbyes on this fucking party-ass bus, you know, and then yeah. pull up right to the airport. See you guys! See you guys! <laughs> That was there was, really a, there was a couple other guys. I think they had to take like eight hour drives after that too. Yeah, they were getting like to the shuttle and wow. they were renting a van. Like guys would have to drive. Well, they were going to get room. driven right back to where they were, like where the show was in right. o- in Oldenburg. Mm-hmm. Like they were just going to sleep on the bus and then go to the airport the next day, right. and or get picked up in a shuttle to go to the airport the next day. And instead, basically, they slept in in it like it was a hostel or hotel, and it was just moving us, dropping us off at the airport. And then they went back and parked and fucking slept through the whole thing, man. Yep. That was, it was great. It's pretty nice. cool. So, I mean, like, I feel like there are benefits to that situation that are almost worth what you pay and then some. Yeah. You know what I mean? As long as... If you can make it work, if you can break even, it can can really save you, like, a lot of fucking headache. Yeah. I think... I've heard a lot of just really bad bus stories, so... (laughs) Like what? (laughs) Um, There's so much that can go wrong. Bus crashings and uh, issues with... uh, well, br- a lot of breakdowns, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. We've, you know, the way we do things is we just, we just take a van. You know, we, we took yours. We took your van out, like, you know, several times. There is something like, to be said for the van tour. The van is amazing. The it's, van is our life. The van is the way. <laughs> the van has always been the way here. I mean, we didn't do that shit until we, we got over there. And it's like the way in like a cosmic sense you know what I mean like it is did Henry Rollins write a book called Get in the Van Get in the Van yeah, you know? yeah. it's a great it's, one it's like, it is good yeah. and it's just uh, it's this there's there's things that you don't get on the bus that you do get in the van and a lot of it is unfortunately from the shittiness of it like acts as a catalyst to being kind of amazing yeah because you're all stuck in this cramped place together forever that's why I wanted the Seattle trip that we did the Northwest with uh, Staggers and, and and Ruckus, yeah, everybody in the same van. That's funny doing the like doing the buddy tour is the best. Like I, I love. But you got to be in the same van. You can't take two vehicles. No, no, you not at can't all. Can't split the. Bands I mean, it's up. really easy for us because it's like three dudes, and then we take out Randy. Randy, and... <laughs> it's like one <laughs> it's extra like dude. Four, four dudes. <laughs> yeah, four dudes in the equipment. I got, I got buddies yeah. back home. Um, a band called <laughs> SS Web up in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. You know SS Web. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, those guys oh. are great. 
Yeah, they're fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, Henry Henry and uh, Chris will go on tour and bring like like Lou Shields or something like that, and he's just one guy. Mm-hmm. So it goes from a two piece band to a three piece a three piece tour. You know, economy man, yeah. Jam Econo. That's what it's all about. Yeah, it's amazing if you can do that. Yeah, I've been telling Aaron for a long time. It's like bands would be really profitable if you're just one person. <laughs> oh you know? yeah, dude. You know how many times I think about that? I mean, I've thought about that in the past. Yeah, if I could sing, you, you would. I'd be on my own, man. If you can play guitar. You know you how much I think own. about that every single day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. but there is something to be said about traveling in large numbers. You know what I mean? When you've got. Like That's I would cool. love, I would love to put together. Now it'd be super hard to make it profitable, but I would love to put together like a nightliner tour that was three or four bands sure. from here or from Chicago and Denver. You have, know. You, have you ever seen uh, Midnight Express? It's got like it's got like Janis Joplin yeah. and uh, Santana and fucking the Dead's on there. They're all traveling by train through Canada. Oh yeah 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 yeah. That's pretty cool. That's a, and, and Buddy Guy was on there too. I mean, that's just got to be a really cool. Like it looked like, like they were having such a terrible time. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is such that is such a fun idea for a tour. And Just I think in the, the, yeah, absolutely. I think in that don't they say something like they're like they're like this this will never happen again. This is the this is not an economically feasible. Yeah, I think so. It's, you know, but wait, it's a cool one idea. of my favorite Janis Joplin songs though is that she her little intro or in the middle of I think it's a ball and chain. She starts talking about the train, like. What you learn on the train is that tomorrow never happens, man. (laughs) I was like, what does that mean? Then I saw that movie, I was like, oh, Oh, shit. yeah. People are dying of overdoses on this train. We're just throwing them off the side in Canada somewhere. Tomorrow never happens, man. Tomorrow never happens. (laughs) Oh, my God, yeah. I think think they put that line in Almost Famous. Probably. It sounds like it, it should be in that movie. Poor Janis Joplin. Oh, casualties. Yep. So you were wanting to ask you were wanting to ask Gordo about uh, a couple things. Uh oh, he's calling me out. This was Aaron's idea. Did, no, no, no. This wasn't my idea. This was your idea. Yeah. This was the first thing you mentioned. Yeah, I want to talk about your guitar tone. Uh oh, yeah. he wants to nerd out on guitar tone with you. Because okay, th- there's a we lot. We can of, do that. A lot of pe- a lot of people that I've talked to about your band, especially guitar players, we always talk about how great your tone is. Like, you seem to have it really dialed in. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It comes from years of experimentation and research. Well, absolutely. I was more thinking of, like, maybe like what, what kind of maybe, research? Maybe That's something that I wanted. It's know. called owning oh. bad gear. Yeah, it's, it's and, uh, experimenting. And, yeah, I think it's something we can all relate to. <laughs> Us guitar players. <laughs> Why don't you go eat hot dogs or it's something? It's like you go, you go and you, like, you buy your first guitar. Yeah. Or I won mine in a raffle. That's how I started fucking playing guitar. And then, there you go. like, I ignored that guitar for probably a year and a half, you know? How old were you when you started? Oh, uh, 15. 15? 14, maybe? I don't know. It's hard to say because I wouldn't say that I really actually started doing anything seriously until I was 16. What do you, what do you mean seriously, though? Like, just like, like besides to get like I'm talking about getting real serious and getting two boom boxes lined up. <laughs> Okay, and you're like playing, and you're recording into one, like, and you and then you get you play that back, you play that track back. It's like it's playing the guitar, and then you add the other guitar, and it's recording onto the second boombox, and you're multi-tracking in your bedroom. You're like, Dad, shut up! Oh, that's great. That's really cool. That's 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 what I did, and then I was like, when I discovered that, I was just like, 
fuck technique. I'm just going to keep doing this. And that's how I got I can just do it that's... once. <laughs> I can just do it once to play Fuck box. technique. <laughs> no, it's really not that simple. So you, I, did, I just, so you didn't sweat the technique is what you're saying. I did for a while. I really wanted to be Kirk Hammett or, you know, Carrie King for a long time. I really did. I was like, whoa. I, you know, I got some catching up to do. Fuck, you know. Really, like, that, that I, I that's your background. Fucking... That surprises me a little bit. That's fucking like you were a me- you were a metalhead dude when you first started playing guitar. Well, Aaron, it's complicated. I came from well, a household. So let let me just break it down to you in the <laughs> in the shortest way possible. So, grew up in uh, in Wichita, Kansas, where. Uh, there was a lot of disco going on in my house. A lot of disco. We're talking <laughs> moving the furniture out on the weekends, trying to kick me out to grandma so that they can have huge raging disco parties. What? What, what so, year were you born? I was born in 73. I'm an old dude. Oh, man. So when I was a kid, disco, they, baby. they were playing, you know, they, they were, I don't know, my dad was a huge, he, he fashioned himself as a DJ for a while, had just amazing taste in music, Except for disco, and but you know he was the guy. You don't like disco? He was. I do love disco. You love it now, but at the time you didn't. At the time, it was difficult to love it because have you ever heard the twelve-inch version of say something like you know I feel Macho love. Duck off the, the like Disney disco just album? Fucking like it, I mean, it's just nothing but check this out. Bad to that point. I've I've said this for years and years that I think disco would actually be like a lot of the songwriting in disco and the instrumentation is amazing on disco. It is, but their beats or the drum beats are god fucking awful. Like if you slow it down and gave it like a little more shuffle or groove on it. But that's see, we can get really geeky about this because there's that there's that really good like that initial wave of disco that's like it's all bands and it's, it's just all funk. fucking super tight and funky yeah, yeah that's it, that was and called later funk on, it was called it's disco. like you get into the georgia Maroder stuff and the more program let's let's program some beats that's where it goes it's wrong it's gonna sound really good you know yeah you, you got you got old funk bands that people started dancing to and then kind of hyped it up mm-hmm. like digital like not even digitally have you ever like, listened to the bg's absolutely. first handful of albums Oh yeah, dude, <laughs> dude, the Bee Gees, the Bee Gees oh, were yeah. fucking shit. legit, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. they, they were like, what is it, the Mining Disaster? Uh, what is that song? Dude, they had shit. straight up country rock songs yeah. in like the early days and shit. Yeah, seriously, man. Like, and then they were just like, all right, this is the thing that's going on now, and we like, play whatever's going gonna, on. Just gonna jump, jump the tracks. They were doing some Walker Brothers shit, and they just like walked right over I across know. the tracks, and they were just like, hey. <laughs> Check it out. Like, like, and like I'm saying, the, the, the songwriting of it is it's really t- and the instrumentation is is really really tight on all those all those songs. But yeah. it's just like there's something that's kind of off about it, and and I kind of nailed it down to just beating drums. Yeah, it can get very repetitive, especially when you're listening to your dad's mixtapes. Like you're like <laughs> okay, this is going on. You just for quite gotta a dance while, to it, you know? right, man? Sure, yeah. I'm I, not even I, talking about dancing. I'm talking about being but a guy. Full on disco parties. Like, you know, yeah. They had full-on yeah. disco parties at your house. Yeah, we're talking, like, conga lines through the living room and then into the kitchen and then, like, you know, <laughs> into the All thing, right. and then the thing goes around, and then, yeah, man, just just a bunch of crazy gay people just uh, having a good time, you know, is the... Crazy disco you know, party. I, I met some really interesting people at those parties and just through my parents, like, it was amazing. <laughs> so... So, yeah, I kind of came up with that. And then on the other side, like, when I'd go out to my mom's, like, my stepdad was, like, he was into jazz. 
and he was into Pink Floyd, and he was into stuff that was just kind of a little bit further out. Okay. And so, you know, I would go out there and I. He was a trippy cat, is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, he's. He was hep. Man, he's. He was hep. He was a freaky cat. Trippy cat, and he's. He's an incredible guy. Like he's an he's an incredible, like keyboardist, piano player guy. Hopefully, he's going to do some stuff on our next album. I'm trying to. Trying to cruise him into doing that, but. but yeah, like so, I kind of came from these two areas, and then uh, when I got into my teens, my dad like took pity on me, and he's just like, "Look, here's the deal. You know, you've been listening to a lot of rock radio, pop radio. You know, I feel like this is the direction that you're heading in." And he just gives me all of his Led Zeppelin and Alice Cooper and all of his older like Sick. soul records and stuff like that, and I'm just like. What? You know, so where the fuck is this man? <laughs> like, right, right. Is this what, what is this all about, you know? He's like, I just Led's got into something different Wait, headphones so was, was and I'm just cl- like, oh shit. So he's like, like collecting these records while jamming out to disco at night? No, this is like it was almost like the it was almost like oh, two distinctly different lives. It's like right, he had okay. his you know, his straight life with my mom and then there was lots of rock and, and stuff in there. Oh, and he then, was listening to that after stuff. after they divorced. So 73. He's just like, okay. oh, I'm sense. liberated, man. I'm gay. Yeah. And so he's just like, I think I like disco. And so he, you know, and he fucking loved it. Yeah. And that's where that whole fascination man, started. He was like, I just want to dance, so, motherfucker. So those records did. are all pre-73, 74. Dance he did. <laughs> dance he did. Dance his little heart out. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, because being the gay was a little frowned on back in, in the 75. day. You know, so that was. Especially that was in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, especially in Kansas, it. for your dad to be like openly gay, and it was it in Wichita where you? It was, in, it was in Wichita, good old Wichita, Kansas. Dude, I mean Wichita yeah. is the more progressive town. One of the more pro- is it? <laughs> I would not say so. I would say. Do you think there's any progressive Lawrence, area? Kansas? Lawrence, is a Kansas, bubble yeah. of like it's just a little bubble up there that's like progressive or whatever. And there's even people in that town who are just like, ah, you fucking, you know. Yeah, yeah. Greenpeace, fuck you. You know, but, <laughs> you, know, you know, it's just, you know, it's the. That's crazy, man. But that yeah, takes, but that's, you know. That takes balls. Yeah. It does take balls. It does take, I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot. But what I figured out is that, like, I can go to a record shop on my own on my way home from school. I can just check out these records and see what's up. And so, like, that's how I got into the Misfits. And that's how I got into punk rock and I was that just stuff like, is made you know, for kids like, to find yeah because it yeah. looks like it looks like pick like punk rock and metal albums look like stuff that kids draw in their room when they're like, all like hormonal and pissed darling, off and I'm shit. just like this is incredible yeah. this looks yeah. amazing I hadn't heard it before I was just like what it's five bucks I will buy that it's definitely the time to get into it when you're like 15 is because yeah. it's kind of yeah. scary you know what I mean and you're like I want to listen to fucking scary stuff yeah. you know Marlon I want to listen to stuff hot. Yeah. yeah he's right man that's timeless I want to listen to stuff that's got <laughs> monsters on the cover yeah like I remember the first time I saw I was a little kid when I saw a poster for an Iron Maiden album for the first time, Iron Maiden Killers. Yeah, My dad yeah, was funny. going to a record record store to buy, like, the bird is the word or something like that on 45. Yeah. You know, and he'd take me with him antiquing and stuff. And, uh, and uh, I, I remember seeing the Killers poster on the wall and being afraid of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then when I got older, when I got into my early 20s and I kind of rediscovered, like, came across the music, 
it had this like enhancement yeah. to it yeah. because there was that like like fear of the unknown, fear of the dark. Fear of the dark. Fear of the dark. There was this like, I don't know, like I had that memory from being a kid and yeah. it was like, oh, I, remember I guess I'm old enough. I remember being scared of metal to... and, and like Ozzy Osbourne shirts and stuff like that and and I, for some reason, I lumped Kiss in with all that. I mean, I guess it's because, you know, it's just like the tongue. They're part of it. The tongue and the paint face. Sure. I don't know. And the blood. And the blood. All the blood. And then when I first heard Kiss, I was just like, what? <laughs> like, I was just like, this is not as hardcore as I imagined it to be. Like, this is not, I don't know, it's, something was off. Like listening to Ghost. You know, like, yeah, it was just really weird. Like listening to Ghost? I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I haven't That's se- funny that you, you say know, that. You know, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen them live, so I can't, I can't really say. Yeah, and I think, yeah. it's, I think they're another one of those bands where it's becoming fashionable to dislike them. And I'm generally wary of that when that starts happening. Yeah. Like, I didn't, their albums didn't jump out at me, but now that people are kind of jumping on the hate ghost bandwagon, I don't hate now I'm like, ah. Uh, yeah, I don't hate ghost at yeah. all. Yeah. I actually dug, like, I saw that first video a few years ago and I was just like wow this is kind of crazy it's like yeah. almost dancey and it's like, like they haven't they haven't really like, jumped out at me you know yet, who, but you I haven't who, seen you know who's lot. another band that did that and I don't know if you know who this is do you know who the independents are yeah independents they we were they, supposed they, to have them at the Rockaway they, and they canceled they, they, they kind of they kind of they kind of look like the Misfits but they played ska yeah Oh, they actually really, uh, no, yeah, they yeah. really look like the Misfits. And, like, the the eye in Independence was, like, a coffin with a little skeleton guy in it. Yeah, they were kind of, like, like stresses <laughs> goes with it. But then they played Ska, you know? Yeah, right they were, like, on. a spooky Ska, ska spooky band. Spooky Ska. Yeah. That's fucking You know, cool. when I was a kid, uh, all that metal stuff, my mom was into that, you know? She, she listened to... Was it Sky Halloween! No, but she, she, she listened to Ozzy and, like, her cousin, which was, like, her brother growing up, you know, Mario... He gave me all my first metal records, and so like, and Mario's like the biggest Slayer fan, and he, he his two favorite bands is Slayer and then Judas Priest, and, and, and then the close so third is up, Rush. You came up with like a pretty rich metal household then. That's, On that's mom's cool. side, dad's side was all Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. Oh, like the tree. Tony Psych was rock. Yeah. Tony was Dad very fortunate. Mom, in no. fact, both of you guys were very fortunate in how you grew up. I well, didn't yeah, even. How, what, what was your background? Dude, I didn't even stuff, start, but, dude. I grew up listening to most important part like old school country, old school country and surf and the Beach Boys and like that w- and like Nothing so Johnny Cash, Hank Williams, the Beach Boys and and uh it basically whatever my dad listened to from the 50s and 60s. Yeah. And then uh the other thing is my dad is consistently 30 years behind me in music. He so he was working graveyards in the 80s and raising kids. So he missed out on all the music of the yeah. 80s. In the 80s, he was listening to music from the 50s and 60s, all right? Right. And then 10 years later, he started getting into the, the like, Woodstock type of stuff and, like, like Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top. And so he got into the 60s and the 70s. It's a slow burn. Yeah, yeah. And, and Very that type of stuff. Burn. And <laughs> then, that, in fact, I remember in the 90s telling my dad, goes, what would you like for your birthday, son? And I said, oh, I want the new Aerosmith album. And my dad straight up, unironically said, what song does he do? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. And then... So my dad, my dad at the age of 60, he should have known. At the age of 60, he had to be fucking with you. My, no, he oh had no God. idea. 
Then at the age of 60, <laughs> my dad started listening to straight up 80s butt rock and metal. Yep. Like he's been on the Monsters of Rock cruise now six or seven times. He's come on tour with us and done merch with us. He likes Dio, Motorhead. He and my mom did a Lindy Hop to go into Brazil by, by Motorhead. Motorhead. Wow. But my dad is the squarest, whitest fucking lifetime cop you've ever met. <laughs> And he talks like this. He was a cop for 43 years. Oh, hell yeah. And like he, that's that's a really good one. That's like exactly what he talks about. And he's your merch guy. Oh, yeah. He's like, so me and your mom are going to go, we're going to go to this faster (laughs) pussycat show tonight. They're pretty good. And really, I don't think my dad, (laughs) I don't think my dad really hears music for the most part. He's one of those people who's a very, very digital, analytical type of person. I you know see. what I mean? So I don't know if he, like, I saw him watching a ZZ Top DVD one time, and he's listening to Legs, <laughs> and he doesn't recognize the riff. He recognizes it when the words come in. You know what I mean? Like, he oh, recognizes right, songs. That, you know I what I'm see. talking about? I definitely don't What I think that. my dad likes about music is he likes being at the party and being around just a bunch of people and the noise and the scantily clad women and the and the and he just likes to talk to people Wait and till he finds loaded, goth. Dude. Wait till he finds industrial goth music. Well dude, and that's what I'm saying. His mind. <laughs> when my dad turns seventy, he's gonna start listening to Nirvana, fucking Soundgarden, or Nine Inch Nails. Industrial Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Or, in, e- or either he'll get into like DJ music, you know? He'll, he'll, he'll go into house music. From the, and like from Joy Chicago. Division. And What's fucking... that guy with the face paint and talking about the lunchbox? I like him. <laughs> He's a good guy. Got some good rock. And then hopefully... These guys are great. They have one line and I can remember it. (laughs) I'm the fire starter. (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, we're going to go... We're going on this cruise there uh, and Prodigy's the headliner. It's going to be something else, kid. Is that (laughs) actually a thing? Is that actually a... Well, dude, that's what so many of the... But it will be. Oh, I okay. see. Have you ever so thought we're, to we're yourself? We're kind of projecting ahead a little bit. Well, have, we're you ever thought to, <laughs> have you ever thought to yourself, man, we've got at least 100 fans worldwide. If only I had transport technology and I could bring all our fans across the world into one place to see us, hell, we might have a pretty big show. Cruise ships are kind of that sort of mentality. It's like, let's gather all of our fans into one destination fucking festival. It makes a lot of sense. You know, and let's get, like, when you've got, okay, here's what people don't tell you about cruises. Yes, you go to places. Like, you get to go visit fucking, like, interesting places around the world. Yeah. But most of the time, in fact, probably 95% of the time, you're on the boat. And yeah, yeah. mostly what they're trying to do <laughs> is entertain you and get you to buy stuff and keep you eating lots of food and drinking lots of liquor. Attention, and there's up. another buffet. Oh, yeah. Attention. And it's just. That's the next buffet. Buy the unlimited drink package and get wasted mm-hmm. all day and come into you the yard. You have to get the unlimited drink package. Yeah. Half-price drinks the in the casino tonight. Now, my <laughs> parents love that shit. They love it. They're like platinum members on like Princess Cruise Lines and shit like that. They love it. They retired. They leveled up. That, yeah. That's what it is. Exactly. So these bands, these bands, they know that they've, they like, okay, you see one of these metal, these bands like 
Faster Pussycat. They go do a tour, and they play at the Toad Tavern for fucking nobody. Right. Or they play at Herman's Hideaway for a handful of people. Right. Or they can take the handful of people that like their band and a bunch of the other bands that are in their same category and put them all on a boat and fill the motherfucker, sell tons of merch, sell tons of records, promote their bands. Dude, there's bands that make their entire career off of well, not to mention it's like bad, you can really, I, it. like, I would that do makes it. The fan interaction like so much more meaningful too. I can imagine. Yeah, like, it's it's a petting zoo on the ocean, dude. It's pretty cool. Petting zoo on the ocean. Like honestly, like that's you get to spend time in proximity with <laughs> those people that you love to listen to their music. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. But you know, imagine being the musicians. You're, stand, you're standing at the urinal. <laughs> Dude, you're standing at the urinal and some drunk guy from fucking New England's like, hey, hey, take my picture. Hey, yo, I love you. You're fucking great. Take my picture. Take a picture of his dick with me next to the dick. Hey, yeah. You know, yeah. I, w- I would go to the Q&As a lot because I wanted to hear what they had to say. Yeah. You know, like uh, I went to a Q&A with Michael Monroe. I went to a Q&A with... Um, Michael, the fucking, the German dude who did uh, 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 Skid Row, um, the, okay. the Skid Row albums and did stuff like that. Did you have like any that. cues? Well, yeah, I asked tons of questions. I went to Uli John Roth's Q&A from the Scorpions. Right on. He was my favorite part of the cruise, dude. Him and him and Doro. But, uh, any interesting but I would go into the Doro, Q&As. Doro but I would be there, like, treating it like I was at a trade show and asking questions. But at the same time, mixed into it are rockers from other bands that are partying and so <laughs> they're just asking questions that somehow involve them you know it's like yeah. remember that yeah. time we were together and da, 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 on this tour and blah 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 blah. Oh, right. and then you have just wasted people in flip-flops and swimming trunks who have just wandered into the q a that's where i come in yeah and they're just like <laughs> has anyone ever told you you look like david bowie <laughs> Thanks, I take that as a compliment. Do you know David Bowie? <laughs> uh, you remember uh, Pyromania? That was awesome. What's that your was favorite great. thing about being on a boat? Not this. <laughs> Not this. <laughs> Have you had the bacon at the buffet yet? It's awesome. I just want to say you rock. <laughs> So there's a lot of that going on. I still take the job. And the other thing is you run into some of these dudes who are resentful of my particular archetype, which is the fucking millennial hipster with the beard and the Faith No More shirt and, you know, walking around at their fucking sacred. How dare he? Well, walking, like, (laughs) inserting themselves into their sacred environment ironically. Like, they know you're an ironic tourist, and they're like, this is my fucking life, man. This is my scene. Get out. (laughs) I can see that. They're like, get that fucking beard away from me, you hipster fuck. I had a guy say that to me in an elevator. Really? Dude, See, that's wild pointing at you. In an elevator. Jesus. Okay, I went to karaoke one night. I went to karaoke one night, and there was this L.A. rocker dude. I can't, I can't even remember his name. Howie fucking something. But he did this Michael Monroe song at karaoke. Or not Michael Monroe. This uh, fucking Michael McDonald song. He did, I, I, <laughs> I can't forget for not in love anymore. And he rocked it, and I was super impressed. And I went to the karaoke night every night. 
Next day, I see him in the that's elevator. Really trying to get discovered or what? No, just I, that's where I feel Somebody comfortable. Somebody, please listen. Dude, that's where I feel comfortable. It's like you go to a pool hall to meet people. Like, you can bond over playing pool and shit. I go to karaoke. So that way I can fucking meet people. I want to make friends on the cruise. You know what I mean? <laughs> Quit breaking my fucking balls. Um, so, so anyway, I'm at the karaoke thing. I do some songs. I see him the next night in an elevator and he's drunk. And I'm like, hey, man, I just wanted to say that fucking Michael McDonald uh, karaoke you did last night was awesome. He's like, yeah, well, I'm fucking awesome. And I was like, I was <laughs> like, yeah, shit. dude, right on. And he goes, get away from me with that beer, you fucking hipster fuck. Whoa. <laughs> Seriously, dude. It's about That's time a, somebody told you. Some, Jesus. Some latent aggression going on. Well, and, and I, don't I, know. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, those, dude, metal was so, and more importantly, hair metal, butt rock, was so big. Oh, yeah. It was in arenas, man. And then. I, I went to a few of those shows. The end of the 80s came, <laughs> like punk rock and grunge music and fucking underground metal and metal branching off and all these a- areas came in and rave music and all that shit just yeah. came in and destroyed their livelihood. It swooped in. You know, and. It, did. it didn't swoop in, it just grew bigger than them. Well, and now I think that that level of stardom. No, no. They, they, Nirvana and Soundgarden, those bands definitely had that too in the '90s. Yeah, that's it's just kind of no, just it, like a. It replaced. Yeah, itself. it just replaced. It, it, it's you like know? growing fat over around your Audi belly button. I heard there's actually an award. <laughs> it looks the belly button. That's an Audi. Looks like the biggest thing until you get all fat and it covers it up. <laughs> oh yeah, the Audi's still there, but it's just the kind of barely just kind of encapsulates. Yeah, exactly. I heard there's actually me, an I award. I an Audi like a mother. I, I heard there's actually an award given for the band in a certain category that unseats the previous dynasty. Okay, like the, the the previous era, like the band credited, like Nirvana is credited sure. with being the band that ended the the hair band era. Era, yeah. right? What's another one? I th- I want to say that something like Death Cab for Cutie or or kind of that See, era I, of music that that was that credited was with of... upsetting the Nirvana, like the grunge era. Sure, yeah, yeah. That You're gonna go of, with Death that... Cab for Cutie. Someone, I, I, one of the guys I used to work with was telling me the band that got given that. And I, I don't know if it was like, it was Death Cab or it was, it was basically, it was an emo band. And you can't discount, you know, your Limp Biscuits and your, oh yeah, you know, all that, all that stuff. Oh yeah. I can. I mean, well, I, I personally can. I yeah. would like to, uh, but, but you can't. Wait, you know, man, you can get Limp Biscuit at a discount? In terms of its appeal, people were just loving to Are you in that Columbia Records Club? <laughs> I mean, that guy was MAGA before anyone. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> who? Who was MAGA? Fred Durst. Fred Durst. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, dude. I think that, like... He's like the, he's like the spirit the, animal of MAGA. <laughs> <laughs> the tail end of the 80s, though, it's like... They, Everybody you sucks. You would see, uh, like, Living Color, Faith No More, bands like that, like, kind of coming up and catching up, you know, because, like, people were starting to kind of tire of that. Right. You know? And it was like, and that's what really got me interested in Faith No More, because I was just like, whoa, these guys are fucking just impossibly different, you know. They're one of the band, one of the few bands that I have consistently um, become a bigger fan of over time. Oh, yeah. You know. I would agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. I got into King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime 
when I was, I mean, when I was in middle school, so in the 90s in middle school, and then didn't really start getting even into their deeper catalog until I was much older. You know, uh, like, I want to say I was in my my 20s or 30s before I even started listening to, like, Angel Dust or Album of the Year or any of yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking fantastic band. Amazing shit. Um, but we've got to get back to uh, your upbringing for your guitar tone, man. Oh, we yeah. We haven't figured out oh. your guitar tone yet. <laughs> Jesus. God, we were just going off in a million directions here. Absolutely. So, uh... What, where I was going with that, yeah. Fellas. You you had you had your your dad your dad showed you Alice Cooper and Led Zeppelin, right? And a bunch of like good and rock that's, stuff. From... That's when I was like, oh, put two and two together, like rock and roll, like yeah, like I'll do how, that. How old sure. were you? I was like probably thirteen when that happened, and then like you know, two years my later friends you got a guitar. Friends started getting guitars, and I'm just like, whoa. You know, like he's doing that. Yeah. Oh man, he learned an E chord. Like I gotta, man, I gotta learn it. If he can do it, I can do it. Yeah, just like I gotta do that too. I'm behind, Dad. I'm behind. You know, like (laughs) gotta get it, gotta get it. So then I got, you know, this stupid little guitar, and started learning chords. uh, Played lessons or went to lessons, quit lessons a lot. Um, Yeah. Lessons are tough. And le- the reason lessons are tough is it's not because of the information it's giving given given to you. It's I want to say the general anxiety that a child has sitting in a small room yeah. with a full grown adult teaching them like yeah. a stranger just teaching them about like their instrument. And well, stuff when like you have that. a guy saying like, "Okay, first step, go out and buy Eagles Complete," okay, and then you're just like. Why the fuck would right. I do that? Like, I don't, I, I like Duran Duran, you know, at the time. Like, I was just like, fuck this. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. He's, He's like, like, we're going to learn the stuff that I like. And I'm just like, take it easy. Fuck you. I don't want to learn this. So, like, you know, Dad, I need to quit this lesson. This guy's an asshole. Yeah. And then I pick up another lesson with another guy. He's like, okay, first thing you do is go buy Led Zeppelin Complete. I'm like, okay, I can do that. You know, so I, so I did that. And, like, this is how you read tablature. Okay, thanks. I quit. See, and just go. <laughs> just go Absolutely. And like you know, just like okay. Whoa, now I'm learning some shit. Yeah. You know, and I can spend. Oh, there's as long a book that, that has these t- same tabs in there. I can learn all this shit. I'm yeah. on now. Numbers. Yeah. I'm on it. Yeah, come on. I dig it. Yeah. But like, I mean, just slowly learning over time. But the actually knowing anything about guitar tone never did. Never. Just never even pay attention to it. Coming up with just like wanting to be a shredder. First and foremost, I'm like, okay, got to have the Charvel with the locking nut, okay? I got to have that. Because if I don't, like, the strings are going to go out of tune when I die bomb. You know? And just, like, like, have that whole mentality of just, like, you know, I got to have that. And just, like, tone, what is that? And then the first, I remember the first thing I learned about tone was scooping, quote, unquote. Scooping. It's like, Was it a good thing or a bad thing when you learned about it? The guy at the guitar shop was just like, I was talking to him about Pantera, and uh, I was just like, oh, I really dig Dimebag. I really think he's a really good guitarist, you know? And he's just like, he's got that fucking scooped tone. <laughs> Fuck that guy. He's got technique, but what else has he got? You know, like all this. I'm like, okay, He's got well, technique, but what else has he got? <laughs> Fuck that. I, I don't know. He, like, he thought it was like a flash in the pan thing, and he wasn't all about it. But, but that was like, scooped? What does that mean? And then I was like, it kind of made me research, and I would talk to people that I know who played guitar for longer than I did and be yeah. like, okay, well, what does that mean? He's like, well, that means you're just, like, taking, mids, yeah. you know, scooping the mids out, taking the mids out, and then you have more, you know, low and, and highs and 
And I was just like, wow, okay. So I did that for a while. And I was just like, I didn't even know. I had to experiment, you know, forever. And then eventually, years later, after I learned how to do songwriting and all the other stuff, and I turned off the shredding button, and I was just like, oh, I can write my own songs. That's a lot more interesting. Yeah. Then I went down that road for a long time, and that's when I got into my country and bluegrass and all that stuff. Like you know, you know, I was gonna so, say you because you and I did one show together. We did, we did, Gentleman Deluxe, Gentleman Deluxe, and the only oh, reason, yeah. the only, and honestly, dude, the only reason I never did it again because Tony didn't live here. No, that was <laughs> that was the highest anxiety performance I've ever had in my life. It was pretty nerve-wracking for me, too, because I was so unrehearsed. I never go into anything so unrehearsed. So it was it was me, Gordo, Andy Burkaw, and Josh Finley was on drums. Oh, shit. So it was an all-star lineup, and we did all covers and stuff like that. But I really hadn't—dude, I'm not much of a guitar player. So I really hadn't mastered the, like, how to play— rhythm guitar live and sing and I was incredibly nervous and it was just I don't know it was the best debut of a non-band ever nice yeah <laughs> it was the best debut of a non-band one, one night only one night only but it was super but it was super fun and it really gave me a lot of ideas especially listening to how you played and one of the things that I noticed was you had this you had this very expansive palette within the genre that we were working on like you and you you had a lot of those tones and those effect characteristics that might have been more popular in the experimental music of the 90s and shit like that you know what i mean the stuff that is like modeled after country and modeled after folk music and and kind of post-punk era type of stuff i noticed you i noticed you applying that to in in just so many very tasteful ways when we were doing those songs. I'm like, dude, and we did all songs that. that I don't think I could have ever talked to these guys into doing. It was like, definitely one of the more ambitious sets that I've ever played. It was super played. ambitious. Like, there was a was lot of super ambitious. shit in there. We played, we I mean, played Piss Up Prine. a Rope by, uh, by Ween. We played John Prine. We played... Yeah. Uh, uh, Take This Bottle by Faith No More. <laughs> we played uh, uh, Eating Pussy and Kicking Ass by Wheeler Walker Jr. It was fun. That's a pretty good p- playlist. Dude, we it had was a, fun. It was a great... Oh, we did uh, uh, Big Iron by Marty Big Robbins. Iron, yeah. By Marty Robbins. Cool. Yeah. Dude, it was, a, it was an all-star playlist, but it, I just never picked it up again because it was terrifying, dude. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's it was... easy for me to sing... Did you guys all wear suits? Tell me you're all no. Suits. We didn't. Want, oh, no, honestly, no. dude, we did Not a real debt. We did, did a real play down. But uh, <laughs> have to wear suits in that dude. Band it was gentlemen deluxe. Come on. So much of what I bring to the table has to do with being completely unfettered to sing. And right, my I could la- tell that you were just you were when you were splitting time between vocals and guitar. You were playing like, guitar for that too. I was playing guitar and singing. <sighs> yeah, and it was yeah. That, that's where you went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he would yeah. have been nearly as nervous and put on a million times better show if he didn't have a guitar in his hand. Guaranteed. Yeah. I know your body. Yeah. I know your body, baby. I know your body, baby. <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't know, man. You know I have a recording of it. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. I'd like to hear I that. I listen to it, and I... Um, not with me in the room, you're not. I, <laughs> I cringed, yeah. Oh, I, cringed I know what the next about, commentary is. <laughs> Like, I cringed much less than I usually would for, for some things that I've listened to of my own. For, oh, for things before. that you like, that you care about. Yeah, like things that I've done before. <laughs> for things like, you, you know, 
But I well, no, I always care when I like hit a sour note or something. I'm just like, oh, like I, I hated it for that. Like mm-hmm. that's what I hated it for is just my own myopic. Well, you the, know, well, you weren't the only guitar player, right? It was both of you guys. That depends on how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sometimes I was and sometimes I wasn't. I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a guitar player. No, you're not, You're definitely not. But uh, you can play but, guitar. But, dude, but you I were it. putting it together so well, though. Like, you were doing really well. Considering. Considering <laughs> that you, yeah, that you didn't have that palette to draw from. You were doing a really good job. And I, I don't know. I was... I thought it was a really cool project. I was it was there. a super cool project when we were rehearsing. Yeah. It was really yeah. fun to hang out with you guys and play songs. It, but probably not ready for the performance level. <laughs> I <laughs> like... You to marinate a bit more, huh? I don't... I, the thing I don't like about monitored sound is monitors don't have subs. Yeah. And I have a lot of... New invention, bro. I have a lot of baritone in my voice. Mm-hmm. And so doing that stuff on stage, yes, technically I could hear myself, but I couldn't get... I know exactly what you're talking about. When you play on a shitty PA... I know. And you're standing in front that of the speakers... Stuff, like you have to just eat the fucking microphone in order to hear those low... Right. And yes. and yeah. that... And yeah. I feel like I miss a huge amount of my potential vocal palette when I don't have my in-ears in or I don't have solid monitors because yeah. I'm having to push so hard to get those sounds out. Yeah. What we're actually, Brad Smalling and I are talking about on our release show, we're going to run the mic through multiple channels. So basically I'll have, Aussie style. I'll have a channel What's where Aussie the style? gain is set is that Ozzy style? He does that? Yeah, he had like two vocal mics taped together. Like oh, he okay. had like a. I've seen that before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know why. Well, I mean, maybe that, that, was just... was, that was real popular in the '60s. I want to, or actually, just like early, early well, and, before. But now you can do powerful. that and run multiple channels yeah. off the same uh, off the same um, source. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Off the same signal. So what we're going to do like, you'll see is like an old Who, Who video where, the, where they'll have right. Like, like right. Townsend will have like exactly. three mics taped together or something, you know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not the Who, but it's like around that time for sure. No, the Who yeah. did it, and Led Zeppelin did it. I've, yeah. I've seen it done, yeah. and uh, the the purpose of that is going to be to get those like those higher gain, mm-hmm. lower register tones, mm-hmm. and then because dude, when you're in a punk rock band, the the object is just scream and be as bloody, loud as you possibly can. <laughs> I, I guess I never really thought about it before, but if you had three three microphones on one guy, like, what's the purpose? I, I always thought it would be louder. Like, oh, they are putting think, more PAs. I mean, you know? I could be wrong, but I think that was essentially the idea behind it. I thought like, it was for more PAs. Like, well, up, because but... he's trying to get his vocals over all these massive cabinets and this, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and if I'm, if I'm you know, singing like this, it's going to come out, it's going to just come out quieter if... The gain is set to my voice, way up here like this, and sure. ah! yeah, yeah, because like, you're projecting more in that upper range than right. you ever do in that low. It takes a lot yeah. more air, so it's just yeah. So yeah, so we're gonna experiment yeah. with that, and uh, but you know, man, we should we should just jam the gentleman deluxe stuff sometime. We just, need to rekindle it just sometime. for shits and giggles. Man. It was fun. it was really it was a really interesting mix of songs, and it was a. It was a good crew, good solid crew. Yeah, even that Josh, even that dirty, despicable 
Josh Finley. I like. I hear him say it all the time. He always has this catchphrase. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> I'm doing. But I heard it so much when we were rehearsing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, well, that's okay. I don't think any of us really do. Yeah, yeah he's like at the yeah. drum kit. Like, you're looking at him, like to kind of lead the way, and he's going. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What are you but looking at me that's, for? That's kind of the that that's two that's the two main principles that guide my band is we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And B don't mess with the formula. Yeah. You know, that's, don't mess that's, with the formula. You know, I mean it's your band is the system cool, works. The band uh, is fucking cool. Should we should we take a quick break and then get into some news? Yeah. Let's take a quick break Do and it. get yeah. into some news. All right. I got a piss. Yeah. Okay, news time. We've actually got news music. We got news music? Man, we've had news music for like like ten episodes now, and it's still just like is like to me like the coolest bit of production. It sounds like legit news music. I yeah, man. I love it. It, it like so we don't have to do No, we don't have to do that anymore. No, those are that's like episode five bullshit. Although man. although I do hearken for those days because they were like back when we were raw, you know what I mean? <sighs> <laughs> All 25 weeks ago. All 25 weeks ago. Uh, November 6th, we're going back into the studio to finish up Front Lines of Good Times Volume 1. Very excited about that. Um, we're actually going to go working on the song, which is currently only known as Camel Toe. That's not the name of the song, though. No, that's not the name of the song. But that's like the working title. That's the file that I pull up to play the song when I'm at home. Yeah, it's that's called, that's it, the it, it, it's a project. Yeah, it's it, a project. It's a project. That's what file. you call a project idea. And <laughs> it's been called Camel Toe for so long, pretty so much because I just finished writing the words today. Your sixth version of the words yeah, today. Yeah. So this one, this one has been a lot of work. I only have one version. It's the one Parker sent me. Parker songs are challenging because the the kind of techie, all-over-the-place nature of his composition approach makes you, like, want to write the song about something, like, kind of deep and insightful and, like, introspective. So does, so he, does he demo his own stuff and bring it in? Yeah. Because like, I, I see little Instagram things of him playing drums and shit, and he's a badass drummer. Yeah, he's yeah. a badass like, musician in general. I mean, he's just a badass, yeah, exactly. He's, he's just it's a, very, it's very, he's a killer. The, stu- the stuff he comes up with, I think, is like, it, me and him have uh, different tastes when we write, but like we work well together. Right? And he's yeah. really but, good at having his shirt off. And he's really good at having his shirt off. <laughs> but, I've noticed that. But yeah. I mean, in every, gotcha, every, gotcha. every instrument that he lays his hand on, it's fucking... He's really tight at it. Oh, yeah. He's really good at it. And so, whereas Tony prefers to, like, jam with the guys, Parker's approach uh, for writing a song, you know what I mean? Like, We Don't Party was was Tony and Ty just jamming in the in the tracking room for, for like, a, that was I don't a, know, like a handful of takes. It was a quick take. It was a super quick take. It, it, you guys it, it, did, like, four or five passes we, of we, it. Uh, we passed a bottle of Jameson. Like he, it was only us two in the studio. We passed a bottle of Jameson <laughs> back and forth to each other, and uh, <laughs> we're like talking about like, so how fast, how slow. I was like, how about this? And we just like came up with a beat. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, well, what style? It's like, I don't know. Think like uh, Anthrax, Murphy's Law. It's like, all right. And really, like, ah. really, all I gave them for direction to is I was like, I've got these lyrics. This is kind of what I'm thinking. Go in there and just do what you guys do. And they fucking... They you wrote the lyrics afterwards, I thought. No, no, no. I had those lyrics written down ahead of time. 
The We Don't Party lyrics? Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, I and I just I knew that I just wanted to use those lyrics on something that was that was fast. <laughs> like, like, here's the idea: we don't party. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, yeah. we go. Fuck so, that. Let's so like Murphy's Law. Well, whereas Parker, rather than Parker wanting to write songs, like Parker's the guy in the band who wants to go home, write the song all the way out, and then bring it to rehearsal sure. and have everybody play what he wrote. I know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my style. That's your style? Yeah. I, <laughs> for those of you at home who can't see, Tony is giving Gordo the finger. It's very passive aggressive, you know? But you can get just as good at things working as a hey, everybody's different, collaborative you know? group. You know, we do that too. Everybody's different. I do I like writing. I like writing songs all the way out. Um, but I also really enjoy, what I like to do is go... You give me some music, and then, like, like the, what I always used to say to, to Doug from Monolith is I'd be like, you give me pages with black and white pictures on them, and then just let me fucking color. You know what I mean? Right. Just let me go in, and, like, you set up the structure, and I'll go in and do my part afterwards. That's that's, that's a lot of fun. That, and, and, and that analysis, that, that's... What I would I would say about why I like doing it that way, the mm-hmm. way I do it, is because I'll come in and be like, some somebody has the idea of what the picture is supposed to be, and then somebody line draws the picture, and then somebody goes in and, and, and inks the picture, and then somebody goes in and colors the picture, and then it gets rendered, and then the word bubbles come in, and it becomes this big comic book that tells a story. Right, right. I like it more like the group of the organic process the organic of doing process those of steps everybody, together. Everybody having their personality in a bit. I like to use whichever. Personally, I like to use whatever it, system is right in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, think having yeah. the flexibility to be able to work within multiple yeah, systems. I don't only like to work that way. I mean, when but you that's, write songs that like they're not songs until the whole band plays them in their for own about a year way. Yeah, you know, like there's because if I bring in something, it's skeletal. Right. Yeah. You know, and it sounds robotic, and then by the time we're done with it, it sounds like Granny Tweet. Right. You know? Exactly. So. Yeah. So that's November 6th at Evergrove <laughs> Studio. Fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> December 8th, we're playing um, uh, with Fist Fight and Hydroform at Lost Lake. Let's go on about that for about 20 minutes now. Go. Fist Fight, what do you think of them? Uh, I don't know because I've never heard them. Oh, um, I've just kind of heard their stuff online. I don't think, I don't think I've seen them. But uh, I know they're a fairly popular band. I know they're fairly well liked, and they're they're kind of tough, man. They make you feel like tough. you just got. Where, where are those cats from? They're from here. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then Hydroform is a metal band that actually I think I booked their first show at. What, what county are they from? Three Kings. What county are they from? Oh, <laughs> not Adams, are they? We're Dryer Fire from Adams <laughs> County. You're wearing the hat, man. Dryer Fire shout out. Yeah, Dryer Fire shout out for sure. Shout out to Adams County. Yeah. Adams County. Yeah, they, they just played a show in uh, Denver County, but the place they played in Denver County was I'll bet those guys walking laugh distance. their asses off at practice. Like they, I'll bet that's just hilarious to them. Like that's a van can, joke that went too far. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think they do that at practice though. I think they just play songs of practice, and then when it comes to the show, he just goes on about the place he loves. Do you man. think that that's a well thought out gimmick on their part? Like no. they're like they're like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> I think it's a well thought out gimmick on on his part. Yeah, 
Right, Robot knows how to deliver those. Dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, like the, <laughs> rest, so the, rest, the rest of the so band. He's so good at it. Like, the rest of the band at band practice, like, they're just, they work on songs, and, and then yeah, Robot's personality comes out. I don't get the stage. impression that he works on his banter. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't that. think, I think so he's either. just naturally, like, that's Good just, at it, yeah. It just, yeah, he's just, it just comes out of that him. Just, that's just from watching a lot of old westerns and, and listening to a lot of good records. Right. Right. Okay, so watching December 8th, Cash. that is going on. But not with dryer fire. Not with dryer fire. No, that's what fist. Not with dryer fire. With fist. With fist. See what happens when you have guests. Dryer fire will not be playing this show. They'll be busy in Adams County. Uh, So so I think maybe next week we should uh, we should have some fist fight and hydroform music on. What do you think? I think we will. Uh, January twenty sixth, we're playing with fucking Hank von Hell. Yeah, it's tight. Uh, The original singer of Turbo Negro at the Oriental. Yes, at the Oriental. That's, That's awesome. going to be a killer show. And we're doing a show, but we haven't settled on a date yet. It's, you know, these things huh? take time when we, uh, you have to go and What was talk, the last date we talked about? You have to talk to corporate, about. and then you have to, and you have to come back and say, okay, here's our negotiation. What was the last, <laughs> what was the last uh, date we talked about? Let's look at this. Hold on. Gordo and I are going to look <laughs> at text messages on the air. They gave me, uh, the dude This gave is the me... only, oh, uh, he's also throwing us December 14th through 16th. So on one of those days, we will likely be with Granny Tweed what up day? at either the 14th, 15th, or 16th of December. Yeah. We're going to go play in Perhaps. Fort Collins with Granny Tweed. We're, you know. Granny Tweed, MF oh, Ruckus show so. in the works. Yeah. In the works. That's going to be a fun one. In the uh, works. We'll use the same amp, because I'll be using your amp. Great. <laughs> Album release coming up in the spring. Keep an eye out for that. We're, uh, have we had any updates on, on the album release that we've been working on? Tony no. and I have just been drawing more plans. Like No more updates than the last But you've actually time gone to the Oriental and like oh, yeah. specced, specced the site. So no more than we've talked about to each other, but not on air. Okay, like so. So, really so you just leaked that it's at the Oriental Theater. Well, I, we're not leaking it. That's just the the plan. Like you we're going to be at the Oriental first. Theater. Yeah. You got to hear first. You heard it, everybody. You heard it here second. Yeah. I think I we've said that heard. literally every time we've mentioned it. I don't know. Yeah. No, you guys. Yeah, anyway, keep an eye out for that. Uh, we are also unfortunately not going to be making it to Europe this uh, fall or winter. We do have something in the works for next fall that's going to be totally worth the wait, and it's going to blow your butts off. Um, it's going to be incredible. So stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah, you're good. You're going to like this one. I know I like that one. Be sure to check out the motherfuckers <laughs> worldwide uh, group on Facebook. That's up and running now. Great that's MFCKRS worldwide on Facebook. It's a closed group, but the questions to get in are, like, really easy. I got in. If they let me in, you can get in easily. I don't think don't anybody... Don't so easily. What's your problem? I don't think Join anyone... today. <laughs> I don't think anyone's even attempted to, like, answer the questions. They're, they're like... They're all blank every time and you just accept it? Well, they're just people that I invited, and then other people invited other people, and they were asked the questions, but I just went, ah, you're in. It's fine. I appreciate your interest. <laughs> They're they're those they're those inaugural uh, you know those inaugural group members that I'm sure will say something insane sooner or later and 
Or something at all. Yeah, or or anything at all. That's true. That's true. Uh, they are saying things to the uh, to the motherfucking Monday post that I did today. I threw Mount Up on. Uh, Mount Up. Mount Up. I threw that up today. I need to check that out. It's a lot of fun to make. It's a ton of fun to make. But this season we did consecutively. So each episode we get more and more tired. <laughs> like, oh, I see. You so we should do it like, in reverse. We should release the last one first so that we ramp up how excited we are. Like, okay, guys. I kind of like the idea of people just seeing us get more and more over it. You know what I mean? <laughs> By like episode 16 of season two, it's, it's just like, hey, what's going on? By the end, you're just like, this This is a Captain and Tennille song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to play on the jukebox. Uh, we're going to do it halftime. Did you happen to read the song that I wrote while I was overplaying with Monolith this past weekend? No. Oh, you didn't? I wrote a song. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think you'll really like it. Is that the end of the news? No. It's, it's Oh, wait. I think I did read the song. Yeah. Let me see here. It goes... Oh. Okay. I wrote a new song for the show tonight. It goes like this, because I went out and did a couple shows with Monolith. I was wondering what the might be. It's like... I love being a singer, cause it's the best fucking job in the band. Cause even if you're just okay, everybody gives you a hand. And while all the other guys are working hard on the rudiments and scales, we just practice being loud, getting drunk, and sniffing rails. Oh, I love being a singer. Hey! The song that I wrote. Jazz hands, poop splash, send it to Sony. Yeah. That sounds like a job I'd like to have. Dude, it's the best. It. it is the best fucking job in the band. You know but what, I, I gotta you, tell you, you the have, truth. You have to do I, the I, I am not I am not a typical singer in that like I do a whole shitload of other stuff. Like, you know what I mean? I set up just set about up the merch. everything else. Actually. And and I have to set up all the equipment. No, 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 hold on. You gotta go back further. You also set up the show. <laughs> Yeah. You set up the practice for everybody to practice at for the show. Yeah. And then you have you have the equipment that brings the stuff. Or and I do. still have to and I still have to carry equipment. Mm. You put the man in manager. I put the mayonnaise in Tony's butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <clears throat> That's not true. Um oh, so we're gonna do a we're gonna do a commentary now. And we're going oh, to is do this not news anymore? No, we're done with news. We're gonna move on Where to some been? commentary. Well, dude, we've been all over the place. It's just so fun hanging out with Gordo. <laughs> it's such is. an enjoyable time. Thanks for on the show, man. Thank it's you awesome. for having me. It's really fun. I listen to cool. it every week, and it's fucking fun. You listen you to it every week. I, it every week. Oh, I do no listen way. to it every week. I listen to it God, every you, week. You listen to it more than I do by, like, 90%. Well, yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know. How do I sound? Mumbly? You sound like you do now, but you're just coming through my iPhone, so it's just, like, a little tinnier. Oh, nice. Dude, it, and, and, and I feel like my tone was a little tinnier. You and we, cut through more. We you know? seriously have no idea who listens to this. We have no idea. We never set up any sort of tracking at all. And Can so, we? I mean, the man and yeah, manager, what the fuck, man? I guess Put we could find on. out. I guess we could find out, but I kind of don't want to know. I fucking do want to know. But I, I, dude. It's probably more fun listen, if you don't know. I obsessively right? track like, numbers on literally every other platform that we have. I, I obsessively track numbers on literally every other platform that we have. I check out Next Big Sound every week. I fucking look at, like, look at Facebook more than I should, Instagram more than I should. 
And if you the, look on the band page, it says typically responds within the hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous, yeah. dude. Yeah. Aaron's it's ridiculous. A, Aaron's at it's a not good Hold on. for you. It's like it's no. like basically I smoke a pack of cigarettes a day through my brain. Like that's that's essentially what the social media. I, yeah, I look I look at our numbers too, and it's you know that's why I drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I drink. Oh, you know what? It'll really oh, make you sad. Do you want? Do you? Yeah. Do you want to get? Do you want to get sad? What'll really make you sad is going on uh, the Spotify artists platform. That's what makes you the most sad. Oh, <laughs> and looking at where you compare to other bands that you know. Yeah. And it's like, wow, my career Wait, like let's pull it doesn't up. exist. Let's pull it up and see what Granny Tweed. I just, I go. just, I all I do is I, I you can't I, do it fight, on the mobile one. Is go. I, is I, you know, I try and I think to myself like I, I should really get out of bed and take a bath. No, I'm going to look at Spotify for artists, and then I stand there naked and try to get it up while I look at the numbers, and it's impossible. It's impossible. It's like, I'm getting too many erections. I've been getting too many erections lately. God, how can I deal with that? Man, you know what I think I'll do? I think I'll check next big sound and see what my, how I compare to, you know, a second-tier band that only has something like 10,000 followers. Let's just see how we look compared. Yeah, that's the deal is that I just – I would like to add at least six zeros to every number that we have. That's my goal. That's six my goal. zeros? That's good. And then if you got those – Never si- going to happen. <laughs> and then if you if you got those six no, zeros, ever. then you'd be like, well, I wish I had six more zeros like so-and-so. Yeah, exactly. Look how big Iron Maiden is. I'll never be as big as Iron Maiden. And Iron Maiden's going, damn those Beatles. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. Well, do you, and, and then the Beatles are going, are going, oh, man, I wish I could be fucking Sam Cooke. No, be- Beatles are going, God damn, we did great. <laughs> but, they, but, dude, when the Beatles started out, they wanted to be Motown artists. Same with fucking the Rolling Stones. Like, they were just, yeah. they were emulating Motown artists. And those Motown artists. Don't we all? The Beatles were all sitting around going, man, I wish I was George Martin. Yep. <laughs> And George Martin's going, this is great. (laughs) I'm going to be the richest man of all time. All right. So this is off um, Super Boom Selections by Granny Tweed. Indeed. Uh, Off off the, uh, yeah, Crayolo is the name of the track. So give us us a little lead in for this song and tell us what it's about. Super Boom Selections, man. Uh, you know, this Super Boom Selections is the name of the album. Uh-huh. Yeah, Didn't Super I say Boom that? Selections. I say this is the this is the this is this is how low rent we are. This is this is the uh, the six song version of our tape that has twenty songs on it. <laughs> <laughs> the six and song I, version. I don't, I'm not even going to go into that into the reasoning for that because it's dumb. But wait, what? God this no. is like the online version, like the streamable version of the tape, because it was like we were like you know. Putting out a tape? Yeah, we're going to put out a tape. Is it going to have songs on it? Yeah, it's going to have songs on it. Well, how many are we going to put out on digital? Well, I don't know. I mean, like, you don't want to put out everything. Well, look, this conversation that, you know, I have with myself most of the time, at least six of those need to go online. But I wasn't going to do all 20 of them because I was like, well. So this isn't what, the whole thing? What, incent- what, what incentive do people have to get the tape? That's really if interesting. all of it was on digital. 
or if you know, yeah, I mean, it's just so you just picked six songs out of that and put that on. So this isn't even the entire Consider tape. Consider that idea is fucking stolen, bro. Nope, it's it's uh, it's just six songs. It's six songs taken from. It's like the I don't know. It's like the more studio side songs, I guess you would say. All so right, there's, really so there's cool. one song that's like Randy and us, and there's one song that we did that before we were actually a band that Joshua played mandolin on. Um, and there's this one, uh, which is, uh, j- I don't even know what to say about it. Play it. All right. All right. Oh, hold on. You got to count it in. There you go. Fine. Is this still you three? You three I was, and Josh? I was worried it was really long. I have no idea what, it's like the longest song. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, Terry Tuesday. Terry Tuesday. On electric bass. It's Joshua Finley on electric drums and acoustic drums. So how old is this? This is maybe a year ago. Digi-loving. It's not done better. Keep it in the oven. That's me. Light bends at light speed. And those megabytes never go to sleep. That's the tone I'm talking about. There's the aforementioned surf sound here. Kind of indicative yeah. of some of what we do. You know. It's really weird. I don't. <laughs> I don't ever comment on my own songs. It's it, it gets easier. Okay, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Maybe not today. This is what you do. You just sit there and you go. Did you hear that? <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> oh, I love that part. Smart. But I guess I don't know. I guess the whole point of the song is. It's my commentary on uh, digital life. Okay. What you do on your screen. How much time you spend on your screen. Which is totally appropriate to what we were talking about. How old are you? It's a year old. like a year. Probably. Yeah. We added in that little year fired part. Donald Trump. Terry was like, oh, I, I see. It's like Trump reference. I'm like, and well timed. It just sounds good. Sometimes the sound of the word is better than so many breaking down and so few. That's how else you do that. For you're as sharp as a It takes me a long time to listen to the melody. That's like Beck's thing. Like he just likes saying words that sound good. You know what? I think my cat I'm willing to bet Mike Patton's that way. He probably is. I mean, who is really that way is Buzz Osborne from the Melvins. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's where it gets heavy. It's so scary. I'm honestly kind of ignorant to the Melvins. Like, I, I've heard a hand, like, handful of their things. Like, I, I mean, I've heard, I've listened to a lot of stuff on Spotify, but I've never, I started to dive into their catalog a little bit. But never got all the way through. It's well, I mean, who okay. <laughs> It's an extensive catalog. Oh, shit. This is cool. Did, uh, did Jesse do the cover? Yes. Art by Fame Worldwide. Jesse Frazier. Englewood Tavern represents. Englewood Tavern represents. Englewood's own. Jesse Frazier. Oh, that's a great place. His art is all over the place. It's like he's got murals up oh, outside and inside. Oh, yeah. He's got a little studio space next door. Is he on the south side? Is that... 
Yeah. Yeah, it's right across from like Oh, I know where the liquor barn is. It's right by the Lucky U Motel. Yeah. A lot of time in that part of town. All right. Let's play another one. Yeah, why not? Yeah. You got another one you want to play? Oh, sure. Why not? Um... What else is on there? Oh yeah, there's only four songs. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you have to buy the yeah. fucking tape and the tape. Well, player. but you got all your you got your all well, your you albums can, here. Okay, you could do um, maybe that. I don't know. What's a, what's a good? What's your favorite? Song to do? What's your favorite? Let's just to play? do this one because it's. I feel like it's. Oh, the biggest difference because you were talking about your dad and the disco oh, parties. Yeah, yeah. This is a great one. All is right, it, so is this, this is this the one that you me and you were talking about where you end your set when you were playing by yourself. Yeah. Yes, I love this fucking song. Okay, this one's called The Biggest Difference uh, by Granny Tweed. The biggest difference between my dad and your dad is my dad is gay. Now, you've actually had people get, like, upset about this song, haven't you? Literally watch people walk out. Just because you're saying an actual truthful event, like, a part of your life. Yeah, I mean, actually, on both sides of the spectrum, I'm sure, right? I think the first time we played with you guys was maybe Parlay one year. And we played that, and um, the biggest difference between somebody and your dad is my dad is queer. Sidewalk here is just like, every now and then we sit around and we Do you think it's the thought that you were. He just tripped and he knew me, and so he's like, he turned around and he's like, did he think you were just being like a dick? Like yeah, just trying to be being offensive? Like, ironic and facetious. Trashy, sure. or some, mostly. You know, kind of, it's pretty gay. But you're like, no, this is an actual. Like, you make actual descriptions of your life in this song. Like, just like you and your dad hanging out. Everything in this song is autobiographical. Yes. It's funny. Okay, yeah. now have you ever had anybody walk out because they're like, ugh, that's disgusting? Like the other side of it, the well, equation, or has it always been uptight sure, people who sure think you're being facetious about we, Well, we weren't. At that point, we weren't doing exit surveys, so I can't really tell you. <laughs> but we, uh. <laughs> Excuse me, on your way out the door. What did you show me? What prompted you to leave? Just Yeah, no, uh. No, don't really talk to the people. I have no idea, but usually it's just, you just, just walk off, that's it, just like, uh, you see it walk out, but well, maybe if more often than not, not more often than not, it reels people in, and that's what, that's what the song is supposed to do. I mean, that's what, that's what <laughs> I got from it the first time I heard it. The next Easier. 
That's a good one. Really not a good singer. But, <laughs> but the song is really what's important. Yeah, you know? it's a the really song, good song, song is man. what's important. It's a great song. <laughs> well, fuck! Uh, man, let's give a shout out to our sponsors real quick. First yeah. of all, Matula Plumbing. Matula! Uh, shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Uh, your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. Matula Plumbing, Plains, Illinois. Master of Poopers. Um, yeah, great. man. Our our most dude. Did you know uh, Jerry actually is on the Patreon now? Yeah. Isn't that fucking yeah. cool? Yeah. We said the name <laughs> of his business on every single episode of the podcast, and then. He was just one day, he was like, man, you guys are fucking cool. And then he's on. <laughs> yeah. He's on. Thanks, That's Gary. great. Gary Hill's on now, too. Thanks, Gary. Uh, Skibbs is on now. All right. Our producer, Gene Skibbs. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty fucking cool, man. Like, and even though we haven't gotten, like, a ton more people who have come on, we've gotten a lot of people who have, like, seen the video that you and I put up, and they're like, all right, that's pretty cool. Like... <laughs> I remember when they used to call that a fan club. And it's like, yeah, kind of. Come on. Come yeah. hang out. Join the Kiss Army or uh, the, what do you call it, motherfuckers. Yeah, the motherfuckers. The motherfuckers. All right. Motherfuckers. Uh, yeah, so on that note, thanks to the 35 or so brave souls who support us via monthly contribution on patreon.com slash mfruckus. You guys have no idea how much it helps. Like, it is seriously changing our ability to fucking get shit done, man. Absolutely true. Dude, it's absolutely, it's seriously like playing a good weekend of shows every month and we can just divert that into whatever projects we got coming down the pipe. That's amazing. To, to make the projects like more better quality, uh, much, much better quality that's, for dude, people who are fucking That's amazing. Anyway. And as soon as, as soon as we s- switch to month to month, like, we immediately were like, dude, now we can do this and we can do this and da da da. da. It just yeah, like excellent. opened up so many possibilities. I suggested. I yeah. was really against it at the beginning too. Dude, it's great. I, I looked into it. You know, I think it's. I think it's definitely worth doing. You heard yeah. about it when um, you were at the CD Baby conference, right? Oh no! Well, I wasn't there. Didn't end up going, but I heard a podcast about it. So the Musicians yeah. Podcast, the yeah. DIY Musicians yeah, the, Podcast. The CD Baby Podcast. And they do their, like, live re- taping from yeah. the convention every year. Yeah. So, and they, I think Patreon made a debut at the, the CD Baby Conference, didn't they? Maybe so. I think the first time I heard it was actually my uh, stepbrother. He's, a, he's like an artist, and he told me about it, and I was like, I have no idea what that is. And then the next week I heard it on the CD Baby Podcast. I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." It's it's pretty yeah. cool, man. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty cool. I I back. Oh, I just started back in um, Adrian Connor. Oh, I know. I saw hers, man. Dude, yeah. Uh, I, if she if she reaches three grand, she, you're gonna be able to be in a raffle for her guitar. Yep. Maybe we can and do that a video. Is fucking sick. So what? Maybe we can do a, have a budget for a video if we do that, dude. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because that's what the next thing that we've been trying to work on is getting. Dude, a, uh, a there's there, dude. Talk to Idolo. Talk to dude. We know so many video people that we can we'll, hook we'll, you up we'll with. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll yeah. talk. We'll talk. Uh, no big whoop. Evergrew Studio, uh, pretty much our 
favorite studio of all time, Brad Smalling. Brad yeah. Smalling. You guys have done some stuff at Evergroove. Uh, he's uh, he's actually mastered a lot of the stuff that I've done in my studio. So really? Like, yeah. So yeah. you anything that we just listened to? Uh, not what we just listened to, but he he's actually mastered some stuff that is yet to come out here oh, really? next year. So very cool, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So. Granny's or uh, fucking Brad. Brad is great. The he's Ethans awesome. are great, dude. It's just there's Did, some when you when you go up there. Do you go up there for mastering and hang out up there? No, dude, I just, literally just, I sent him the tracks, like, he, we did a... You gotta go up an there and EP record. And do, like, but every time I see your guys's like, you know, the the Monday thing, or, the, like, the fucking, yeah. like, you know, all that the man footage, and I'm just like, that studio is fucking incredible. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. Like, and there's a loft to just stay in, so you, like, kind of trap yourself up there to dude, and only think about just Like, that. go on hikes with Jenny and Brad and shit like that, like, it's, that it's the great. best place. It's it sounds just, great to not have to record my own band. <laughs> <laughs> That's what really sounds great. And everything I mean, dude, else just you're... sounds like the icing on top. You turn out some amazing stuff on your own. Like, I had no idea that you re- you recorded everything. That's fucking cool. I didn't know you recorded all that either. Yes. Um, yeah, so... That's all recorded and you sent off for mastering somewhere else? Yeah. Yeah. He sends it off, he sends it off to Brad or to someone else. Well, not those. Anything. Well, that... Yeah, those were mastered elsewhere. Right. But. Have you used Lander at all? Yeah, I have. What did you think? No, don't do it. <laughs> really? I just, I just, I don't like the lack of a human element. You know, like there's, you can get something back from them that sounds great. Like I've, I've sent demos to them. I've sent final mixes for things. I've sent, I spent some time with it, man. I really did. I spent like two months kind of going back and forth using their different software and using their different tiers and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it can come back sounding great, but there's something that just kind of made me suspicious about it. So when I sent what it's actually interesting that you were talking about Brad, because I did Lander right at the same time that I needed that uh, that EP, the, the last EP we put out before the tape. I needed that mastered and I went to Lander and I did it and I was like, yeah, it sounds good. I mean, it's louder. Okay. But it still lacked some kind of warmth that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I sent it to Brad. I was like, fuck it. This is four songs. I'm going to send it to him. It's worth it. And what I got back from him was so much more superior. It was just like, <laughs> forget about it. Like, I'm not going right. to bother with this from now on. That's cool. You know? So Evergroove Studio. Evergroove <laughs> Studio <laughs> in Evergreen, <laughs> Colorado. About the best review you can get. Yeah. No. Solid. Well, everyone, I mean... I think I've only found a couple bad reviews on that place, and it was from crazy people. Every bad (laughs) review was from a crazy person. What do you mean crazy people? Just like, I don't know, like they were upset about silly things that were like out of Brad's control. Like basically, I I don't know. I live in your alley, and I want to make a hip-hop album. Right, right, pretty much, actually, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios, the official practice space of motherfucking Ruckus and like a whole grip of other bands. You guys ever use Rocket Space? Oh yeah, yeah. You guys yeah, use we, it a lot. We don't. We 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 were we had to retire from Rocket Space because we're now in Terry's Garage. But oh, I want to oh. go on record as saying that Kate is awesome. Hell yeah. 
Rocket Space is awesome. We spent a lot of time rehearsing there. They really actually saved our bacon many times when we didn't have a place to rehearse. We were rehearsing in Josh's gallery for a while, and yeah. sometimes shit falls from the ceiling, and you're like, whoa, dude. <laughs> Art's falling off of shelves and shit. Yeah, like, it's just like, you know, you, you go in there, it's like, this place looks great. And then you get done playing, and it's just like, wow, that looks like shit. Just All the pictures yeah. are just fucking <laughs> askew. And, you that know. sucks. Yeah, it doesn't look like a nice place anymore. Mm. So Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios, uh, the Nug Nation Studios. Which is where we're at right now. Which is where we are right now. What do you think of it? Dude, my first impression of this place is like... Incredible. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing. It's an incubator, man. It really is. Like, there's going like, to be some super cool Everything you showed me, like, uh, Aaron gave me the tour, and it was amazing. Like, it's super cool. Yeah. yeah. What a great creative space, like... Dude, so kind of do whatever here. I tried. I tried a new writing experiment, uh, experiment today in this room that we're in. So I came in here by myself and I put in earbuds and started working on Camel Toe. And <laughs> the project known as Camel Toe. The, the project. Not the the project temporarily known as Camel Toe. No. The session file known as Camel Toe. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and so what I started doing is before I even started writing. I started skipping around the room and stomping and pounding my fist and pounding my chest and jumping and like getting myself in the headspace of doing a show. Yeah. And then I just started kind of like, you know, started getting the different like sounds out because I knew what I wanted the cadence to be. I knew I had ideas for melody and things like that. And then, so I spent an, about the first 45 minutes Seriously, running around the room, jumping up and down, making grunting we noises. Don't, we don't and doubt it. And then I spent the next 45 minutes just, like, writing and rewriting, like, ideas fitting into that format. And, I, dude, I got the song done. It worked. And I've been struggling with this song for months. And six. I, I finally got a version written that, like, I'm pretty happy with. And I'm sure it's been a combination of all the different things. But that process definitely helped. And I wouldn't have even been able to do that were it not for the guys here at the Nug Nation. And, man, that we're going to do some amazing things out of this studio. Everybody who works here is a total fucking rock star. To see what I'm talking about, check out the NugNation.com. You could start anywhere on there and see something funny and cool and it's interesting. It's good stuff. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Flipside Music. Boutique. Flipside. Oh, dude, Flipside's great, man. So I can I, not, not everything under the sun, but the only shit that you need under the sun, for sure. It's not like Guitar Center where there's fucking every kind of cheap piece of shit hanging on the wall. Everything in that place is high quality. It's very they, good stuff. It's their, their pedal array blows my mind. Their pedal array is amazing. It it's is like, the, it is the distilled stock of all the big box places, man. Like it, it like Sam Ash Guitar Center, all those you know Mars Music. It's it's no, like you know boutique curated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would, like, I would love for the, one of those guys to come out to our show and then see the way I play and hear how it sounds and go, I'm going to go build this thing, and this is what you should put in your they life. They have so many cool <laughs> you know, pedals. Like, there, I, yeah. I, I have a, they have such a good taste and such a wide taste. I think they, they can definitely. I'm going to go down and talk to Ike about, um, so I got this idea from Kelly from Dreadnought actually gave me this idea. Uh, she's getting rid of her digital effects board and doing um, pedals. She's just getting individual pedals and like kind of building what she wants to do. And then I guess maybe running it through an amplifier with like, or 
maybe mm. into a DI box. I'm not sure, but I'm I'm thinking of experimenting with some of that stuff. Wow. Treating treating the voice just like another, you know, instrument on certain things. I think there's that'd some be real really fun. good technology vocal wise and stomp boxes now that's like I mean if they would have had this stuff like you know 10 or 15 years ago it'd been amazing for other bands I've been in it's just like wow and that's exactly like, what I've been looking for wow uh yeah did we did we leave anybody out did we get everybody yep we left somebody out who did we forget <laughs> huh I know we did though supposed to be five or six rather huh well no we did the patrons oh that's it yeah it's supposed to be the patrons yeah uh well gordo thanks for hanging out man dude it's been a lot of fun so much and thank you for like listening to the show that's great honestly it's it's a pleasure to listen to this show it's so much fun thanks man thank you i can't believe it it's fucking it's it's awesome it's a real (laughs) lift for me it's like when i'm driving around or doing whatever like you know whatever drudgery I'm involved in and and I get to, you know, oh, there's a couple buddies in my mind, you know, just like right there, right in my mind. Right, right, right in my mind. Uh, how, how do you listen to a bite? Brain Buddies. Curiosity. <laughs> brain Welcome buddies. to Brain Buddies. I listen to I listen to it via the phone, the iPhone. <laughs> it's an old model. But but and who through, makes that through, iPhone, through Gordo? The, <laughs> Walgreens. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, especially uh, I have some earbuds. No, no, I mean like, what's the app? Like, I, I oh, I listened to it on the uh, on the old Apple thing. Apple Podcast, Apple, Apple Podcast, Podcast yeah. the purple one. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Do you, Do you listen to it on Google Play? I listen to it on our website. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a purist. Yeah. I like to get it, it directly straight, from the source. And actually, and actually, I don't really listen to it. It's, it's just the sound the quality. Break it down its purest oh, form. You know, his uh, his iPhone's got a Chicago Music Exchange on it. What's Chicago Music Exchange? This episode is not brought to you by the Chicago Music Exchange. But if you guys but... are willing to, god damn it, that'd be great. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you you've something been, about you've been there. Oh, yeah, many times. That's that's one of like one of the top-notch guitar stores in the country. Chicago Music Exchange is amazing. You can only walk in there. Gordo doesn't have a guitar from there, but I bet he's got a sticker from there. Oh, Just I have, like the rest I, of I have many stickers. I've bought many accessories. I've yeah, yeah I've I've walked through there and just have slobbered walked, walked many out, times. Yeah, I was going to say, have you ever walked out with a guitar? Dude, no, but I almost did last time we were there because they had the only existing uh, Hallmark guitar that I've ever seen just in a guitar shop. And I've yeah. been wanting to try one. And the guy's like, you know, I emailed back and forth to him. He's like, I'll send you one and you can just send it back if you don't like it. And I just, uh, I was oh. like, no, I don't know about that. You know, it kind of right. seems like yeah. something can go wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But that place is very cool. Have you been to uh, Groons? No. Groons is uh, down in Nashville. That's some some Uh, one kind of high-end stuff in there, too. Excellent. Like, top-notch places all over the country. Actually, um, the place in Seattle I went to, where I met my buddy Joe Walsh, you know. Oh, yeah. My my buddies aren't going to believe this. Uh, What's it called? Guitar N? Guitar Guitar North, maybe? Can't remember exactly what it's called, but that's another place where you see one-of-a-kind guitars. So Chicago I thought that was Bruce Valanche. You're Bruce Valanche. <laughs> you can see one of a kind Joe Walsh is there. <laughs> they had Joe Walsh hanging up in the corner. They had him just in a display case, like eating a sandwich and reading the paper. <laughs> With a bed pot next He's just like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm Joe Walsh. Hey, all right. What you been up to, Joe? <laughs> well, I spent the last year at Rocky Mountain Way. Yeah. <laughs> 
This has been the motherfucking podcast episode 34 with our special guest. Yeah. Mr. Gordon Leadfoot, the one and only. Fucking oh, Gordo. Thank you. It's just one word. Thank you so Gordo. much for having me. You can of call course, me man. whatever you want. As long as I can come into the green room that's not the green room and Well, I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to go contrary. Uh I don't want to break kayfabe by <laughs> Oh man. I don't want to break kayfabe by by dropping your Christian uh, name on fucking like you what You can't have that information out there. Oh, no, you can't. Slash doesn't go on fucking uh, and on on the radio and go, hey, I'm uh, uh, Mike Slasher scene, you know. No, he's Saul Hudson. Saul Hudson. That's right. Yeah, Saul. Yeah, that's a good piece of trivia. Better call Saul. Yeah. <laughs> you play guitar? So, yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> no. You I don't. mean, I have played a guitar. <laughs> Technically. Yeah, yeah, you have played guitar. You do, I, I, you do actually play. Guitar. I do yeah. like how when the microphones go on, it's just like you can really say the the mean truth about people, but it's like in like very like. What are you like, gonna do? You're on the we're microphone. just speaking the truth on the on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's like that is the most honest anyone has ever been about my guitar playing in my entire life. Who me? No, both of you guys. <laughs> oh, just yeah. like yeah, I mean you're not good, but it's you play. It's okay. Like, you play guitar like I sing. Oh, really? That bad? Yeah, I sing that bad. <laughs> I've See? never heard you sing, so I have no exactly. method of comparison here. Well, so. well, here's not the a lot of thing. people have seen Aaron play guitar. Is it comes it comes down to it comes down to confidence, and Tony just doesn't know how to use his voice. I personally think that anybody can sing. It's just a matter of figuring out where your and voice think, fits into. And I think that anybody can play guitar. Scale. Anybody can play guitar as long as you sit down. If they and, learn the and, steps, if you, learn, if you sit down and, and hang out with it long enough, which, you know. I have a confidence. Yeah, problem. I'm. Uh, I'm busy. The thing is, is that he knows how to play guitar. He does. He knows how. He totally knows how, how to play, guitar, play guitar, guitar. But it's just the. It's putting the two together is what's hard. It's. Like, well, it's. It's. I know how to play the guitar enough to communicate an idea. I don't know if ever. And that's have, really. you, have you ever played the guitar just for the guitar, or have you always sing with the guitar? I bet you've always sing with it. Um. I mean. I when I'm like trying to learn a riff or a chord progression or something, I'll I'll do it without singing. I bet you're still singing it in your head. You can't help. You it. just blew my <laughs> fucking yeah, mind. You can, I don't you know. Can't, you can't help it, man. I don't know. Hey, this has been the motherfucking podcast. Right. We got to do one for the uh, homies. We're gonna do one for the homies, and so this is this is your one for the homies. Shout out, Gordo. What? Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I forgot about this part. Okay, so yeah, we uh, Friday night. I, and I last Friday night. Yeah, last Friday night, we played a show with Dryer Fire. Dryer Fire. Dryer Fire. Dryer Fire. From Adams County. From Adams County. From Adams County. Yeah. Uh, and with the Bourbon Brawlers and with this band, Ford Theater Reunion, which is, they're, they're kind of our, uh, um, I, we, we've played several shows with them in various places and... Uh, I think they were all uh, at Terry's house afterwards. That was the after party. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't make it. <laughs> No, you're at my fucking lame ass. After I was at your party. Ap- yeah. after party. <laughs> lame, 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 lame. It was fun, actually. It was great. You were fun. Well, what at Tennyson's Town? I do what I can. Oh. Um, but but this band is like uh, this is one of my favorite bands to to play with, to listen to, um, uh, and and as people, they're fantastic. Um, can't they were really... all super nice. Yeah, they're that was, super. That was the first time I ever met. They're any of those super guys. great people. They're fun to hang out with. They're just they're just those kind of people that you meet. You're just like, ah, oh, these are my people. 
called. And I decided, you know what, the hell with this, I'm going on an adventure. But unfortunately, they have my service van on some kind of tracking device. So I had to park it at a bar so the boss wouldn't be suspicious. And then I hopped on some random city bus just to see where it would go. And once I got to the last stop, I asked the bus driver, where are we? He looked me straight in the eye and said, you've got nowhere. Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. 